we have here from the Percy Folio, Old English Ballads and Romances. None of these are attributed, but they're all pre 19th century. Here are a few that you might enjoy. Come my dainty doxies. Come my dainty doxies, my dills, my dears. We have neither house nor land, yet never want good cheer. We take no care for candle rents. We sleep, we snort, we snore in tents. Then rouse be time and steal our dinners. Our store is never taken without pig or bacon, and that's good meat for sinners. At wakes and fairs we cause them, poor country folks by the dozen. If one have money, he disperses, while some tell fortune, some pick purses. Rather than live out of use, steal hose or garters, boots or shoes, boots, gilded spurs, with ingling rowels, shirts or smocks, napkins or towels. Come live with us, come live with us, all you that love your eases. He that's a gypsy may be drunk and tipsy at what hour he pleases. We laugh, we quaff, we roar, we shuffle, we filch, we steal, we drab, we scuffle. Finney. To Oxford, to Oxford the king is gone, with all his pompous grace, to view the sights and see the learning of that famous place, where clowns of the town, clothed in their scarlet gowns, gave the king such a thing as passes all imagining, a pair of gloves to testify their loves, which to the king they bore. They gave him a pair of gloves of stiff and strong stag's leather. I say a pair of hunting gloves to keep out wind and weather. Some relate they gave him plate and a purse stuffed full of gold. Sure, said I, that's a lie, as soon as e'er I heard it told. For why should they give their gold away to him that hath enough of his own? Next to Christ's church was he brought a place of mickle fame, where the ward in him received, I have forgot his name. Here they all went to the hall, tag and rag, great and small. The bells did ring, the boys did sing, and all did cry, God save the king! And grant him grace to run a race with pleasure in Royston Downs. The hall was hung with verses thick, a goodly sight to see for everyone was willed to make verses in his degree. To their trade some had made verses called Ascalpiadi. Here might you find of every kind verses fitting to your mind. Have an examiter, there a pentameter, sapphics and scansons too. Finney. In the days of old, in days of old when fair France did flourish, stories plain have told, lovers felt annoy. 
the king a daughter had, be whiteous, bright and lovely, which made her father glad, she was his only joy. A prince of England came, whose deeds did merit fame. He wooed her long and low at last, look what he did require, she granted his desire. Her hearts in one were linked fast, which when her father proved Lord, how he was moved and tormented in his mind. He sought pro to prevent them and to discontent them. Fortune crossed lover's kind. With these princes twain, when these princes twain were thus debarred of pleasure, through the king's disdain, which their joys withstood, the lady got up close, her jewels in her treasure, having no remorse of state or royal blue. In homely poor array, she went from court away to meet her joy and heart's delight, who in a forest great had taken up a seat to wait her coming in the night. But see what sudden danger to this princely stranger chanced as he sate alone. By outlaws he was robbed, and with poniard stabbed, uttering many a dying groan. The princess armed by him and by true desire, wandering all the night without dreet at all. Still unknown she passed in her strange attire, coming at the last in the echo's call. You fair woods, quoth she, honoured may you be, harbouring my heart's delight. With doth come pass here, my joy and only dear, my trusty friend and comely knight. Sweet I come unto thee, sweet I come to woo thee, that thou mayst not angry be for my long delaying and thy courteous staying, amends for all I'll make to thee. Passing thus alone through the silent forest, many grievous groans sounded in her ears, where she heard a man to lament the sorest that was ever seen, forced by deadly tears. Farewell, my dear, quoth he, whom I must never see, for why my leaf is at an end. Through villain's cruelty low, here for thee I die, to show I am a faithful friend. There I lie a-bleeding, while my thoughts are feeding, on thy rarest be white sound. O hard hap that may be, little knows my lady, my heart's blood lies on the ground. With that he gave a groan which did burst in sunder, all the tender strings of his bleeding heart. She which knew his voice had his tail did wander, all her former joy did to griefy convert. Straight she ran to see who this man should be that so like her love did speak, and found when as she came her lovely lord lay slain, all smeared in blood which leaf did break. When this deed she spied, Lord, how sore she cried. Her sorrow cannot counted be. Her eyes like fountains running, while she cried out, My darling, 
would God that I had died for thee. His pale lips, alas, twenty times she kissed, and his face did wash with her trickling tears. Every bleeding wound her fair eyes bedewed, wiping of the blood with her golden hairs. Speak, fair love, quoth she, speak, fair prince, to me, one sweet word of comfort give. Lift it up thy fair eyes, listen to my cries, think in what great grief I live. All in vain she sowed, all in vain she viewed, the princess leaf was dead and gone. There stood she still mourning until the sun's approaching and bright day was coming on. In this great distress, quoth this royal lady, how can now, who can now express what will become of me? To my father's court will I never wander, but some service seek where I may place it be. And thus she made her moan, weeping all alone, all in dread and deadly fury. A forester, all in green, most comely to be seen, ranging the woods, did find her there. Round beset with sorrow, maid, quote he, good morrow, what hard hap hath brought you here? Harder hap did never, chance unto maiden ever, here lies slain, my brother dear. Where might I be placed, gentle forester, tell me, where shall I procure a service in my need? Pains I will not spare, but will do my duty. Ease me of my care, help my extreme need. The forester all amazed at her be white he gazed, till his heart was set on fire. If, fair maid, quote he, you will go with me, you shall have your heart's desire. He brought her to his mother, and above all other, he set forth this maiden's praise. Long was his heart inflamed, at last her love he gained. Thus did fortune his glory raise. Thus unknown he marched with a king's fair daughter. Children seven she had heir, she told the same. But when he understood she was a royal princess, by this means at last he showed forth her fame. He clothed his children then, not like to other men, in party colors strange to see. The left side cloth of gold, the right side now behold, of woolen cloth still framed he. Men hereafter wonder, golden famed did thunder, this strange deed in every place. The king of France came thither, being pleasant whither, in the woods the hearts to chasse. The children then did stand as their father willed, when the royal king must have forced come by. Their mother richly clad in fair crimson velvet, their father all in grey, comely to the eye. Then the famous king, noting everything, did ask how he durst be so bold to let his wife to wear and deck his children there in costly robes of cloth of gold. The forester replied, and the cause described. To the king thus did he say, Well, may they by their mother wear rich gold with other, being by birth of princess gay.
The king upon these words more heedfully beheld them till a crimson blush his conceit did cross. And more, quoth he, I look on thy wife and children. The more I call to mind the daughter whom I lost. I am that child, quoth she, falling on her knee. Pardon me, my sovereign liege. The king perceiving this did his daughter kiss and joyful tears did stoop his speech. With his train he turned and with them sojourned. Straight he dubbed her husband knight and made him Earl of Flanders, one of his chief commanders. Thus was his sorrow put to flight. Leofricus, Leofricus, the noble Earl of Chester, as I read, did for the city of Coventry many a noble deed. Great privileges for the town this nobleman did get, of all things did make it so that they toll free did sit save only that for horses still they did some custom pay, which was great charges to the town for long and many a day. Wherefore his wife, Godiva, fair, did of the earl request that therefore he would make it free as well as all the rest. And when the lady long had sued her purpose to obtain, at last her noble lord she took within a pleasant vein. And she unto him with smiling cheer, she did forthwith proceed, entreating greatly that he would perform a goodly deed. Ye move me much, fair dame, quoth he, your sweet I fain would shun, but what would you perform and do to have the matter done? Why anything, my lord, quoth she, you will with reason crave. I will perform it with good will if I my wish may have. If thou wilt grant me one thing, he said, which I shall now require, so soon as it is finished, thou shalt have thy desire. Command what you think good, my lord, I will thereto agree, on that condition that this town and all things may be free. If thou wilt strip thy clothes off, and here wilt lay them down, and at noonday on horseback ride, stark naked, through the town. They shall be free forevermore if thou wilt not do so. More liberty than now they have, I never will bestow. The lady at the strange demand was much abashed in mind, and yet for to fulfill this thing, she never a whit repined. Wherefore to all the officers, of all the town she sent, that they, perceiving her good will, which for their weal was bent, that on the day that she should ride, all persons through the town should keep their houses and shut their door and clap their windows down, so that no creature, young or old, 
should in the street be seen, till she had ridden all about through all the city clean. And when the day of riding came, no person did her see, saving her Lord, after which time the town was ever free. And that is why we have the legend of Lady Godiva. And we'll finish with such a lover am I. Such a lover am I, tis too late to deny, that for a refusal I never can die. Yet my temper is such, and that's very much, my passion rekindles at every touch. But if once I do find my mistress unkind, why then her past favors are quite out of mind. My courage I'll keep, tis childish to weep. I'll not be disordered, awake nor asleep. For if I like a fond swain, I should pine and complain. She'll scornfully triumph and laugh at my pain. Or if I should crave in revenge the cold grave, he that dies for a woman can ne'er be that brave. Hang Cupid and Venus, ne'er mention them more. Such pitiful powers I scorn to adore, since I by kind nature my liberty have. T'were base that such bugbears should make me their slaves. I manfully acknowledge myself far above that childish idolatry miscalled love. Mars, Bacchus, Apollo are much more divine. Their business far nobler, much brisker than wine. A wedded condition contributes no ease. Wife, children, and servants disorder their peace. When hearty friends fail, my true comforts of life, I then may turn desperate and think of a wife. Thank you.